Dots. I'm Dr. Latifah. I'm the host of the Money Fit MD podcast. This is where we help badass women physicians just like you learn simple and effective tools to build wealth from the inside out. That way we can create wealth and bigger impact without all the burnout. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Money Fit World. How are you guys doing? This is Dr. Latifat, aka Money Fit MD, your favorite money coach. No, you know what I'm going to say? Your favorite coach. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there's someone fabulous in front of me that is my favorite coach. And if you don't know her, well, number one, where the heck is your life? <laughs> what do you do with your life? And number two, you need to check her out. She's been on my podcast before, and this is she's my first person ever that's making a second tour to my podcast. So welcome, Dr. Una. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And now I feel really special. I mean, like I'm the only one who yes. has made it on your podcast twice. Like, come I on. I mean, that's it takes a lot to get on my podcast because my people are special people and I don't bring junk to them. So See, you're I'm extra telling you. level of special. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Tell my people that haven't met you yet. Tell us about you. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Why are you special enough to come twice? And maybe you're going to come more times. Just FYI. But yes. Okay. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> so my name is Neka Unachupu and everybody calls me Dr. Una, including my sister. So this is, this is cool. I am, let me see, personally, I've been married for 15 years. Going on 16 years now. I have four littles. I live in Atlanta. Georgia, where it's nice and warm. And I am a pediatrician by training. I have run my private practice for the last 12 years. I'm currently standing in the role as a CEO at this point. I have a number of companies, but my favorite one is EntreMD. And EntreMD is a company that I set up to help doctors learn how to build profitable businesses so they can live life and practice medicine on their terms. I am all about physicians getting back in the driver's seat, getting back in control and building careers, businesses that they love, having financial freedom because we deserve it. Yeah, I said it. And so I do that through podcasts. I have is EntreMD podcast. I do that through live events. I do that through the EntreMD business school. And just recently, my new book, The EntreMD Method. And they all do one purpose. It's all about helping physicians. We do live in a very fascinating time. So burnout is like, that's everybody. You know, most physicians will not recommend somebody goes into medicine, which is very scary. If you think about the healers telling people, not to become healers. And, you know, there's no job security. And I mean, they call our salaries golden handcuffs, if you can think about it, right? Like, and so it's a really, it's a very trying time, but at the same time, it's the best of times because it is forcing us to retool ourselves, to learn new things, to get new tools and to become so much better. It's like MD 2.0 is so much better than MD. So yeah, so that's what I do. That's what I love to do. That's my legacy play. I love it. All right. We're going to go back so much amazing stuff and so many directions we could take that conversation, but I want to zone back in on something you said. And I think sometimes terms can become almost cliche on their own terms. 
What does that mean? And why is that important? Some people may be listening and going, okay, I don't understand what's so special about doctors because people show up to work every day because they want to make a paycheck. What does on their own terms mean and why is that important for physicians? So I'll start off by telling you about three physicians. Okay. So there's me and I am very multi-passionate. So when I did, when I saw my first patient as an attending, I was very clear that I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. Okay. I made a decision that I was going to retire at 40 because I was like, I have all these other things. And if I told you the things, I do a lot of other things. And so my thing is, I'm going to retire at 40. There was no burnout. There's no problem with my job. I was earning good money. There was, I, there was no issue. Okay. And then you have another physician like my sister. And my sister has worked part-time from the day she started because that's what she wants to do, right? So she homeschools her kids. She makes their outfits, like literally, she makes their outfits. She bakes homemade banana bread. She has a garden. This is what she wants to do. That is her version of doctoring, okay? So I'm the person, you know, I'm going to do this till I'm 40. I want to build these businesses. I want to change the world. I want to do all that. Now, my father, on the other hand, like big academic mind. Okay. So he, he was a surgeon. He trained in Kaiser. You, you would, you would like that. You're Kaiser per se trained in Kaiser in the sixties. Okay. In the sixties. All right. So now he, until the day he died, he died at the age of 84 until the day he died, he was still reading medical books. He's still calling me, trying to have medical conversations. I'm like, I I don't, I don't talk about that anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? He was the kind of person we used to joke about that if he passed out and he said, oh, hey, daddy, there's this patient, he would wake up, (laughs) right? (laughs) Medicine was his calling. Now, on your terms literally means on the way you want to do it, on a way that's authentic. Is, Is my method right or my sister or my father? No, they're all completely different. And they're all completely right. What do you want to do? So we've had a prescription. Go to high school, get good grades, then get into pre-med and get good grades. So you can get into good med school, then get good grades. So you can get into a residency program and all of that. There's this cookie cutter and it's not bad. I'm not criticizing it, right? There's this cookie cutter thing. But after you've done all that, you should be able to then do what you wanted to do. You went into medicine for a reason. There's a vision you have of helping people. What is that? What does it look like to you, right? What are the, your priorities? Because the closer we are in alignment with what we think our purpose is or what is authentic to us, the less our risk of burnout, the more we enjoy life. I mean, I build business. Like for me, it's fun, right? For my sister, she doesn't want to hear about it. Like if she comes to my events, she does that purely to support me. She's like, don't talk to me about that. I don't want that, right? And so whatever you want to do, but the thing is this, if you don't figure out how to monetize what you want to do, you don't get the freedom to do it, right? So you more time, please. Yeah, if you don't learn to monetize what you want to do, you don't get to do it. Your freedom to do what you want to do is tied to your ability to monetize it, right? So once you monetize it, the money piece is taken care of, right? If, If somebody wants to travel around the world, for half of the year and work half of the year. Why don't they do that? The money piece is not figured out. If somebody wants to work two days a week so they can homeschool their kids, why are they not doing it? The money piece is not figured out. Once you figure that out, you can do whatever you want, right? So I love to help people. And this is what I'm doing at EntreMD. 
I talk about them like I have never worked in EntreMD because I'm doing what I'm wired to do. I love to help people. I love to help people who think they can't do something. I love to help them do something, right? And that's exactly what I'm doing. The only reason why I have the freedom to do it is I figured out how to monetize it. If not, it will be something I dream about, but I can't actually do it. Yeah. So that's what, that's a long answer, but that's, yeah, that's the answer. (laughs) And for those of you that are listening and not watching, I had my hands in the air, like hallelujah. Yes to that. And I think that's really, really, really important because if you don't figure out what, you know, because I think there is, we have to be careful of how good ideas and good terms have been misconstrued. Right. When we as physicians think about the fact that we love what we do as as physicians, we think that means we should not monetize it. Right. It's like, but if I love patients, if I care about humans, I shouldn't be talking about money. I shouldn't be asking about money. And unfortunately, the healthcare system, the medical training system has ingrained that into the minds of physicians. So when a resident is talking about how much do attendants get paid, we make it sound like they're anti-science and they just told you that they're about to like go steal a lever in the middle of the night and give it to their grandmama. Anna, talk about that. Okay. So that is a lie that has been sold. And I want to challenge everybody who is listening to challenge that every time they think it or somebody says it. So let's look at it. Okay. Let's think about it. The hospital is wants to get money. Okay. The hospital that hired you and said, don't talk about money. They want to get money. Okay. Because if they don't have money, the hospital doesn't stay open. The administrator who is telling you, don't worry about the money is getting more like most likely more money than you and more bonuses than you'll ever get. The insurance companies are not saying we want to help people and help the world. So we're not taking any money. Right. There is, the medical schools we graduated from make us take multiple six figure debt to educate us to take care of people. They're about the money because they can't have a medical school without money. So the only person in the healthcare space who is told not to think about money is the physician. That is the only person. Yes. And when you think about it, who is the most critical person in the healthcare space? It's the physician. It is called a doctor-patient relationship. Everybody else is supporting us to do this doctor-patient relationship thing, right? And so everybody is able to help, like serve and earn. But the only person who should not serve and earn is the most critical part of it. That makes no sense. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. And for every physician, you are being brainwashed to believe nonsense. That is 100% what that is. Service is still service if you earn. If you think about it, for everyone listening, there is a problem you have in your life right now that if you could find somebody to solve it, you will happily give them your money and you will happily go write them a review. 
and you will happily go tell everybody how they changed their life. The service is not lesser because they earned. You can serve and earn. You can do both of them. And it is right. It is good. It is perfect. I mean, serving without earning, isn't that like a prison sentence? Isn't that like injustice? I mean, like, think about it anywhere else. <laughs> right. And so we should never feel guilty for serving and earning our businesses lives. We save life. Have you like we're physicians. We've seen people on their way out. We've seen people on their deathbeds. They would take life and give you their money. What we do is not. It's so valuable. So the nerve of people to make us feel guilty for earning while we serve. That is not anybody who tells you that just take a look at what they do and how they earn and realize that they're selling you goods that they don't buy. They don't buy it. 100%. And even when I think about our nursing colleagues, nurses don't play with their money. They don't play with their money when they work overtime. They're like, pay me that overtime now. Sure, I will serve, but pay me my coins. And there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, so I... You know, this is money fit empty. This is my jam. Like, yes, everybody, guys. And that's the key. We talk about money. It's not about money. The money is the framework. The money is the stuff you take care of so you can actually focus on impact. Because when we think about the things we want to do, how we want to change lives, how we want to change the world, what is the number one reason why we run out of steam? We're tired. We don't have time. We don't have money. If we had money, we would have more time in a lot of ways because we would delegate, right? We would not have to do all the 10 million things. This is my, I love this. I'm like, I have 99 problems. Money can solve 89 or maybe 92 of them because you can delegate so you can actually focus on the big impact things. So when we're like, well, I just want to give, I just want to take care of people, that is actually doing our people a disservice because if you go back in history and look at what happens and why we have so many negative examples in our brain of money, it's because people that are doing good run out of steam because they don't have money. And if we in my opinion if you actually care about your mission, if you actually care about humans, if you care about your product and how you're trying to serve people, it is doing them a disservice. It is wrong. <laughs> it is selfish. It is not helpful. It is counterproductive to not figure out the money stuff. So you having money and figuring out how to actually make sure you're earning and that is taken care of so you can run full steam. I mean, Dr. Una is here telling us I haven't worked a day in true MD because she has a framework already set in place. She knows you pay tuition. In exchange for that, you get like 10 times, 20 times the value that you give in her. That's why we all paid for medical school. That's why I went into freaking debt on medical school, right? So yeah. we need to like start reframing and stop being passive consumption or consumers of the lies that we have been fed, because that is exactly why we're here in healthcare and we're taking our power back. Oh, we are. And truthfully, let's even look at this a, a little further. Because, you know, doctors, we're in, this is a little unfortunate, but th this is the way the doctor life works. I get to work, I park my car in the parking deck, I grab my coffee, I get up to my office, 
their patients waiting for me. I see the patients, you know, do all my things, respond to, you know, patient requests and all that, get in my car, go home. I do this for two weeks. Then I get money in my bank account. That is called magic. Okay. Because that's not how this works. That's what makes us think that we can help people and not care about the money and make money. Right. That's where that whole philosophy, because this does not work anywhere else in the universe. So that's where we got it. Not realizing the work it takes to market to bring the patients in, not realizing that somebody has to actually send out the claims so that, you know, money comes in, not realizing someone needs to hire and fire, not like not realizing anything. We just go in into a room, come out and then money shows up in our bank account. And that's why when doctors show, you know, want to start businesses, the philosophies hang the shingle and they will come. And they hang the shingle like I did and they don't come, right? And you have to figure this stuff out. So the thing is, we were put in a lane and we say, just see the patients, we'll take care of everything else. That thinking is what brought us where we are now. That faulty thinking, like I'll just, I'll just help people and the money will take care of itself. It seems that way, but that's, what, that's why we are mad that administrators are making so much off us because they chose to understand money and we didn't want to. Right. The insurance company, that because they wanted to understand money and we didn't want to. And so the only way to get out of that is to decide to understand money. <laughs> There's no way around that. And, you know, like you were alluding to, money is not the ultimate thing is time. Because if you don't figure out the money thing, you can't have time. If you can't have time, you cannot live in the fullest expression of who you are. I turned 43 this week. and. I sat to think about it and I'm like, how amazing is it that I could retire at 40 to chase what I truly think my purpose is to live in full, where my life is in full alignment. It's all authentic. I'm not doing anything because I have to, I'm doing the things I want to, for me to be at a stage where I'm like, there's so much pain in the healthcare space. And it is my mission. I am going to help a hundred thousand doctors figure this out. And I have the freedom to do that and chase it and do the experiments and all of that because the money thing is figured out. If you don't figure it out, you have to do the money thing. But if you can figure out the money thing, you can be who you really want to be. So yeah, we don't have options. Money thing. So you can be who you want to be. I love that. I love that. So I know that you have the Entree MD school, which is where, can you tell us a little bit about that? What, why did you think that was necessary? I mean, hopefully by now people know that it's necessary to have this business education, but sometimes people are like, well, and you know, as physicians, we've been taught, okay, all right. So confession time, y'all, I'm a snub. I'm one of those, I'm like UCLA, UCSF, I'm that snub. And part of the culture of the snub world is, if you want to learn about business, you got to apply to like the MBA school at Harvard or Stanford or anywhere else. It's only those three places that maybe USC, but, you know, maybe some other few places. So the question is, what made you decide that you wanted to, there was another way? Well, so I'm, I'm a very practical person. Okay. And so, you know, the physician has done the multiple six figure debt. <laughs> We're strapped for time and all of that kind of stuff. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, we have a, we've had a great education. We have a great work ethic. We have a, we have a ridiculous ability to learn and we're just missing one skill, right? One set of skills, business skills. 
And we don't have time to for theories. We don't have time for extra fluff. We don't have time to be all over the map. I was like, what is the simplest way to get a doctor from, I don't know how to do business to, I have a profitable business, right? What is the simplest way? And I built out that roadmap and that is the business school. Cause I was not going to go for two, for two years to get an MBA. I was not going to go into another six-figure debt to get an MBA. And there are many people who have MBAs. And I'm, and of course, you know, I'm not knocking. There are people who have MBAs who have the three letters behind their name and a nice diploma, and they've had it for three years, five years, six years, and they still don't have a business, mm-hmm. right? Because if you think about us as physicians, one of the biggest things we have an issue with is putting ourselves out there right? It's not professional. If I'm on social media, will I get sued? And, you know, it's, it's just, and it's a completely different paradigm. It's so unnerving, right? And so I'm like, I will help the physician identify this is a profitable business idea. This will take you to multiple six figures. It will take you to seven figures. Actually, when I do that screen, I'm like, it's like, is this a seven figure idea? If it is, yes, you may not get to seven figures. That's your, you know, you choose where you want to end, but I make sure that it can take you all the way. So identify that. Then how do I talk about it? How am I clear in my messaging, right? How do you do that? Then how do you go from best kept secret to household name, right? You don't need an MBA for that. Okay. How do you do that? Then how do you build systems so that you don't create another burnout situation, right? Because entrepreneurs burn out all the time, right? So how do you build the systems, the teams, the automation, all that stuff? So that framework is the business school, right? And is the same framework I've used to build the businesses I have, is the same framework I've used to help my clients over the years, is the same framework people have used to take theirs to seven figures. And so I'm like, here you go, there it is. You know, I also know that you know, entrepreneurship for physicians is strange. So sometimes when you do it, it does feel very lonely because people are like, what are you doing again? (laughs) What are you doing? And then, so in the business school, there is a community of like fellow physician entrepreneurs who are out there, who are doing it scared, who are dreaming big, who are daring their fears and who are getting stuff done. I literally asked at the end of February, I was like, okay, guys, so if you don't evaluate your month, you will not realize how much is working. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to post the month of February. What are your wins? There are 275 comments on that post Amazing. of people doing crazy things, right? And so that's what happens in the context of that. I was not going to do an MBA. And I'll tell you that there are MBAs in the Entrepreneur Business School. They're like, I finished my MBA and I now know that if I want to apply all this stuff, I need to be in the Entrepreneur Business School. They're in the Entrepreneur Business School. Love it. Love it. How long is the program? It is a year long. It is a year long program. It's been around for 20 months at this point. There are many people who started a year ago, like 20 months ago and never left. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. When they got up for renewal, they're like, are you going to kick me out? I'm asking for a friend. Like, no, this is, and that's the thing. The community is important, right? And I always remind people that sometimes we think, oh, I mean, medical school was four years. It was the same institution, (laughs) right? And the thing is, a lot of times people think, well, I've gone through this. Do I need to still stay here? It just gets deeper. 
In it, fact, it gets deeper, it gets, deeper. It gets better. Gets you better. become better at it. And I, I will say this though, um, because I notice it a lot. A lot of people um, were very patient with their medical degrees and very impatient with business. Right. And they're like, I posted two times and I didn't get a new client. What's going on? I was like, it's going to take a little more than that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Right. And is the, is the short term, like, what can I get right now? And, and all of that stuff. But Business really favors people who are in it for the long haul, people who have decided no retreat, no surrender, people who have decided failures won't stop me. I'm going to adjust and learn and keep going. People who are like athletes, you know what I mean? Like athletes, those are the people who do the best with entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, so it's a year long. And, you know, if I had my way, I would say everybody should stay for at least three years. It just gets better. One of my superpowers is making things simple. And sometimes it throws people off. They're like, that's all I have to do. I'm like, yeah. And if you do it, it'll work. <laughs> if you do it, it'll work. And I was like, I built a seven-figure business doing that. And you, you guys watch because that's what I do in the business school. I live my life in front of them. So for instance, I would do an event and I tell them, come attend the event, get the content, but look at what I'm doing. And then after the event, I go back and do a debrief. I'm like, this is how I promoted it. This is how I did this. This is why I did this part, all that. So they can see, I'm like, it's the same. What I tell you, that's what I'm doing. I'm not making up stuff. Yep. Yep. And like, that's so powerful because a lot of times we are, and our brains do that. It's normal because we look at someone, we look at something and we try to figure out how our case is different, how our case is special, how it's not going to work for us because I'm a surgeon. I'm not a GI doctor or I'm a pediatrician. I'm not a surgeon, right? We always, and it's completely normal. And that's why it's good to really marinate yourself in that container because what happens is most people have those thoughts and they retreat and go away, right? And really that's the difference between someone that ends up succeeding versus someone that doesn't. One that hides with all their pain and their suffering and the things they want to accomplish. And although I should, I wish all their dreams, right? Versus one that goes, I really don't know how this is going to work out, but I know that I need help and I'm here and I know we can figure it out. I think, I hope, I pray, maybe, maybe I can do it. So yes, that's, I love, I love the sponsor you brought up. Physician listening. If you want to have a profitable business, even if you're employed, right? In the entrepreneurial world, we talk about the entrepreneur. So you work a job, right? And, but you also want to do this thing on the side or you want to build your brand or whatever. If you want to, if you have the desire to build a profitable business, I am telling you that you have been trained. You have the makeup to pull this off. You just need business skills. And you can learn them. And you might go like, yeah, yeah, that's fancy talk. But hear me out. You are the person who decided to go to medical school. For most medical schools, the acceptance rate is one to 3%. You decided to do something that when people decide to do it, right, 98% of them are able to pull it off. You're a one percenter. You're a two percenter. You do impossible things. Like there is evidence to show that this is how you roll. That's number one. Number two, you have the ability to stay on something until it happens. It took you over a decade to become a physician. You didn't quit. 
you stayed on it consistently. And if you check, you had trials, you had things you failed at, you had things you sucked at, but you decided, I will pull this off. There's evidence to show, evidence that you're good at this stuff. Number three, your ability to learn makes no sense. Okay. Think about the number of procedures. Think about the size of the books you read. Think about the hours you put in reading. That is a muscle. There are very few people in the world by percentage that have that muscle. So what that means is what you have to learn as business skills, you learn it like that. Okay. You will have to put in the work, but you have the, you, you memorize a Krebs cycle. You learned how to replace hips. I mean, like, come on, what are we talking? You're a physician. Number four, you have access to networks that very few people do. Because think about it. Think about it, Dr. Latifah. If you put five doctors in a room, right? And they're all earning 250000 That's 1.25 million in the room. And they know all these other people who, like the networks that you have access to are unbelievable. Number five, you may go like, doctors don't earn a lot. But let me tell you this. You have an earning you have the ability to earn your, the capital for your business. Think about how many people can do that. You can hate your job and you can just say, you know what? They're funding my business. <laughs> right? Yep. You, have the, you have the capacity to generate capital for your business by your earning power. I'm just saying all that to say, we've been sold a lie that we don't make good entrepreneurs. We don't understand money, blah, 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 blah. I am telling you that it is a lie. If you want to, you can. You just need to add business skills to all this other amazingness about you, and you're off to the races. Yeah. And you don't have to do it alone. Oh, not at all. You don't so have to do it help. alone. I mean, honestly, that's another big lie. You have to do it alone, right? We get trophies for like sweating and almost dying from doing it. Like, yo. We want you to be alive and we want you to live well. That's what this is about. We want you to thrive. We want you to live a life where you can rest. Oh my goodness. Rest is something that we, it should have been a huge curriculum in med school. No one taught us about. We know that rest is so important. And now I tell people, especially if you're an entrepreneur, when you rest, that's when your genius comes out and we don't do that enough. So we're not here to tell you overwork, overkill yourself. No. You learn the tools, you learn the structures, you learn to build a team, and you learn to delegate. And that's important. And And that's another lie we've believed. We're not good at delegating. Says who? You don't sign in the patients. I know. You don't do the billing. You don't do the vitals. Come on. You're really good at delegating. You're good at delegating. (laughs) Stop lying to yourself. We're good at delegating. We do this Stop lying to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You can. That's the bottom line. And I want us to talk about this fabulosity that just came out. Well, we're recording oh the first week of March. So this is the Entree MD method book. Can you tell us about this fabulous piece of work that is in my hands right now? I am beyond, beyond excited about this. So I have been podcasting for two years. We just did episode 200 and hit 200,000 downloads yesterday, actually. Yeah, so, so amazing. And to listen to people talk about how it's changed their lives and their 
you know, their private practices are thrive. You know, they embrace being an entrepreneur. They uplevel their game. I mean, it's been such a game changer. Um, again, my my thing is I want to help 100,000 doctors do this. And so with the podcast, I've been doing that. But I was like, I know that I need to, I need to write a book that is a manual that a, a doctor can say, okay, I'm ready to do this. Where do I start from? I'm ready to uplevel it. Where do I start from? And so I took my best stuff. Literally, there's no fluff in this book at all. This is, I took my best stuff and put it in a sequence where if you follow it and you start taking the actions in it, you're going to look and go like, how did I become this person? It won't take you more than 30 days to say that. Like, how did I become this person? And so this is the best of time. And if you can believe that, I mean, like that changes everything. Okay. So I talked about, I, I, so I did three steps. It started with the mindset because we've been sold some lies. I'm a one trick pony, whatever. That is not true, right? We just that the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of selling, like that's not professional. We don't do things like that, right? So talked about all of that. And then talked, the second part talked about really the habits of people who are successful, right? Because you can look at many different people doing the same thing, but the people who stand out, and these are not things that work in 2022. These are timeless principles, right? So if you're looking decades, hundreds of years ago and hundreds of years ahead, these are things that will work. What are the habits of the, of the successful people? What are their morning routines? Like how did, well, what is their perception, perspective on personal development? All of those things. And then the last stage, I then talk about the tactics, right? How do I find my, how do I know my idea is a profitable idea? Um, how do I get my message out? How do I become a household name? All the things. And you may listen to that and go like, I'm an introvert. I can't do things like that. I'm an introvert too. Okay. So I talk about you a lot in the book. Like this is written just for you, <laughs> right? And if you're afraid and all, this is just like, this is like a $16 MBA. That's my, was my intention when I wrote it. Like follow the roadmap. It will take you really far on your journey. It really will. So this is my gift, if you will, to the to the physician community, because this is our time. It's our this time. It's our time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. This is our time. This has been great. Okay. So one funny thing. So she said she wrote that book for introverts. I have to report you on like life podcast, by the way. <laughs> so here's the deal, y'all. People think I'm an extrovert. Are you really about to say live that you're an introvert? Is that what you want to do? Well, I kind of fall on the spectrum that is closer to in than out. <laughs> but Dr. Una, who is self-elected herself as the identifier of introverts, anytime I say that, she gives me the same look. Yeah, same she gives look. Me right now and goes, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not an introvert. You know, you're not an introvert. Oh, love it. <laughs> and the bottom line is, regardless of what label you put on yourself, and sometimes that's a thing, I think labels can restrict us. The bottom line is, it doesn't even matter whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. The bottom line is you need tools to get your message out. Yeah. And whatever you identify with, you will get the tools. You can learn the tools. And even if you're an extrovert, you still may be afraid of selling, of doing stuff, right? And the, the tools are the same. You just may need it to a different extent. And so I really, I mean, I already bought the book. So you have to go check it out. We'll put a link down in the show notes so that you guys can click, click. You don't have to look for it on Amazon. You can click and find it easily. 
because really I cannot think of a better time. I think there's so much, there's been a lot going on in the physician community for years and decades, really going back to like, not just, it, this is not a new thing, but it has all just compounded to this point where the camel's back is already broken. And if we don't acknowledge that and we don't change, we don't do something different, I really don't know what's going to happen to us because burnout is crazy. Physician suicide is crazy. People yeah. exiting medicine is crazy. This yeah. is a fight for our life, really, if you think about it. And this is, this is a fight for our life. Yeah. And, you know, when I, when I was done writing the book, they're like, okay, so what do you, what do you want to have in the, in the forward? Not the forward, like, what do you want to have on, on the first page? And I'm like, hmm, let me think about that. And when I came up with what I wrote, I was as moved as I'm sure every physician would be. And it came from the thought process that we have waited so long for somebody to do something about what's going on, right? So the AMA should do something. The politicians should do something. The AAP or whatever version of your, a your AA is, right? And what this says here is to my fellow physicians, the Calvary is not coming. It is here. It is us. There's a million of us. And we have all these imaginary lids that have been put on us. And if we decide to empower ourselves and get rid of those lids, the whole system topples right side up. Right. And so, you know, for everybody who's listening, my challenge is not only to get the book. Okay. Because what we're trying to do here is a mass business education of physicians. Because if we get this, everything changes. Right. And so I want you to get the book. What I want you to learn what is in the book and start applying it because we have communities of physicians who have never seen an example of what is possible. But if everybody who reads the book decides to be an example, somebody just just by you being somebody looks at you is like, wait, I don't have to put up with that. Wait, I can have an alternate reality. So get the book, be an example. And then put it in the hand of somebody else. This is about social responsibility for our community. This is not about the individual. We're past that. Because if we're okay, but the mass exodus of physicians continues, who's going to take care of us? Right? Who's going to take care of the society? We cannot have a society without health. This is a crisis. So yes, for you first, right? Like you're on the plane, you put the oxygen on you first. You first, you read it. You start taking those change, making those changes, no matter how small they are. So you can be an example of what is possible. And you go put the book in somebody else's hand and tell them, this is time. Let's, let's go be examples. This is it's, our time. This is yeah. our time. Yeah. This is our time. Like, I mean, there's no better time. This is our time. So Dr. Una, always a pleasure. Always, always, always a pleasure. I mean, I think we've had so much great content today. Is there anything else you want to leave my listeners with before you call it a day with your fabulousness? I would say don't let anything hold you back. Just start. You can do it. You've been lied to a lot, but you can do it. When I say just start, I don't mean just start your business. For someone, it's just start your business. For someone, in, you've been, you've been, in cruise control and you know, and you, you know, you, you're supposed to be doing a little different, like embrace it, start it. Someone else, you may be dabbling, right? You're doing enough. So nobody calls you out. Take that next step. Like wherever you are, take that next step. 
Don't let anything stop you. Don't let any fear hold you back. You are phenomenal. If you look at the evidence, all the things you've accomplished, don't stop. Don't believe the lies. Don't stay in the cage. Don't stay in the box. Don't stay in the lane. Just own the whole highway. Do it. Do you it. can do it. People that do it don't have two heads. One head. One head. Actually, you, 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 you triggered something. Let me leave you with this, okay? I, went for, I was at a mastermind, okay? And I'm sitting down. The person next to me is like, I did 73 million yesterday, uh, last year, and I think we're on track to do 100 this year. I literally looked at her. I was like, hmm, <laughs> one head, okay? And the person who did the keynote, her company is worth 500 million. And this is not where people are showing off numbers. This is just conversation, right? I'm like 500 million, one head. So you said they don't have two heads. That's it. Just look at yourself in the mirror. You're like, I have one head. I got all I, got all I need. <laughs> you got all you need. That's what I tell my people. Multiple six figures, you can do it. Seven figures, you can do it. Our brains are genius. Yeah. It's waiting to be tapped. Yeah. We haven't even started. And I can't think of a better time. Always, always a pleasure. This has been a gift to me, gift to my people. And guys, all right, y'all know it's bring a fabulous guest. And I know we didn't disappoint today. So thank you so much, Dr. Una. Guys, go check out the book. Go check out the program. And it's not good enough to get the book. Get the book. Do what it says. Learn. Let's move. It's our time, docs. Thank you again. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. If you have loved this episode, I would love it if you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps us get this content to more women physicians. This is a money revolution, and I'm so glad that you're part of it. Thank you for listening. Thank you.